the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chesson. It's Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, Eagles fall to 1-3-1, losing to the Steelers with the Ravens coming to town, while Dallas loses Dak Prescott for the season. That was ugly. The NBA and the NHL have crowned champions already. Major League Baseball Championships are a week away from Penn State and Big Ten football here in the middle of October. What a crazy year. Yeah, and of course, we had some doubts that the leagues would be able to pull it off. And there have been some issues, particularly with baseball early on, more recently with pro football and even college football to an extent. They seem to be getting through all of it. Now, if only the Eagles could figure out how to get out of their own way and win a few more games, they could take the division with seven wins. Yeah, is that not crazy? Seven wins could actually win that. And, and obviously, Dallas situation, we'll get to a little bit later yeah. with Dak uh, makes them up in the air. Although Andy Dalton is certainly a, uh, an experienced quarterback. That's for sure. He is. Yep. Well, we've got a couple great guests tonight. Inquire.com's Ed Barkowitz will be returning and edge of Philly sports network. Freddie Burns joins us in the second half chat. Yeah. Much to cover on the Philly sports scene and LeBron and the Lakers crowned NBA champs. The loss also bill of another couple of legendary baseball hall of famers. We're going to talk about that later too. Let's get it going. All right. With that, let's welcome Ed Barkowitz back to Philly Press Box Radio. Ed, welcome. What's up, fellas? Hey, Ed. Uh, let, let's talk Eagles, first of all, since they are the one Philly team currently in action. But, you know, this season, of course, not going quite the way we would have liked, as Bill mentioned. One, three, and one now. Several real tough games still to come. Ed, why has this Birds team struggled so much again this year? Is it all the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, or is it something beyond just the injuries? Well, I think what you're seeing uh, as it relates especially to the offensive side of the ball is, you know, Carson Wentz taking on a responsibility that, you know, frankly, he hasn't had to take on. He's had a little bit of support throughout his career, but now he has nothing. He's throwing to practice squad guys. You know, you look at, um, uh, you know, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, you know, they've gotten hardly anything out of that. And those two guys are responsible for about 10% of the salary cap. Then you throw Zach, Zach Ertz in there. That's another 3% of the salary cap. You have a, you know, sort of a, a kind of a carousel at, in, in front of him at the offensive line. So he's thrown a lot of interceptions these first five weeks and somehow still have a shot at winning that division. Yep. Well, Ed, what do you make about that offensive line? It is, it is a disaster right now from an injury standpoint. Um, Jason Kelsey looks like he may be the only one that's able to go. Um, what, what do you make of that, and can they survive in this marathon of a season with, with an offensive line that's just patched together early? You know, it, it's funny, Bill, because if, if there's a year you can do it, it would be this year because you're not going to have that excessive those eight games on the road where, you know, that's where you need most of your cohesion. So if you're going to patch a line together, and again, they're in the correct division uh, to pull it all together. Uh, Lane Johnson, you know, that's, that's a troublesome injury because – it, it seems like it's going to nag him all year. Uh, Les Bowen today reported that um, that uh, he is, uh, you know, still seeking a second opinion. There was no uh, further information on 
wasn't a surgical thing at this point, uh, but something that could nag him, you know, throughout the year. And that means, you know, gain the game. And, you know, how many offensive linemen can you dress when you, your wide receivers are hurt? And it's just, it's, it's all problematic. Well, speaking of the wide receivers, Ed, a very interesting situation there. you got a couple of young guys who are blossoming. Travis Fulgham coming out of nowhere as far as Eagles fans were concerned. Greg Ward Jr. picking up where he left off last year. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside looking pretty much like a bust. But now you may have Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey coming back as soon as this week. We don't know if that's going to happen for sure or not. But if those guys do get back and are reasonably healthy, what happens with that wide receiver rotation? Boy, I can't see taking Travis Fulgham out of the out of the rotation. Um, you know, it's just the the connection that he has developed with with Carson Wentz. I think would do Wentz a disservice. Yeah. Um, you know, Jackson when he was in there was just okay. I mean, he is a deep threat. That you know, that's something that that they will uh, be able to take advantage of. But you know, Jeffrey, um, you know, again, these guys are taking up a lot of salary cap space. But how do you take a kid like Fulgham, who's produced as much as he has, out of the lineup? And frankly, Ward is okay too, um, just because these guys make so much money. I mean, that's why Doug, uh, you know, gets gets the money he gets. Hmm. Well, let's flip, flip over to the defensive side of the football. Uh, not so good in Pittsburgh this week. They got shredded. Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Pittsburgh has weapons. But the against the Eagles defense, they look they looked like the the 2001 Rams. They pull run all over the place, and you know, and, and the idea that the Eagles could not stop uh, them at all was troublesome. Because if you look at the schedule down the road, there is there are landmines for Baltimore. You know, you have, you have Lamar Jackson's on the schedule. Aaron Rodgers is on the schedule. Drew Brees, I know he's not Drew Brees of five years ago. He's on the schedule. Kyler Murray is on the schedule. So I have a bad feeling that unless they turn it around within their division, that, that's the only way, frankly, they're going to win, uh, that that week one loss when they were up 17-0 on Washington, it's going to come back to her. Because, Chet, as you said, maybe it could be the first team to six wins is, is, is probably – uh, probably a lot, but it might even be six. Yeah, they got to win the five remaining games against the division rivals and steal one from New Orleans or one of the other teams on that schedule to get to seven. So we'll see if that happens. I want to go back to the offensive side of the ball. Ertz. Ertz averaged 102 catches the past two seasons. This year through five games, he's got 20 catches, 145 yards. Is the contract thing weighing on his mind or is he just getting old? What's going on with Zach? You know, I, I, not having not been down there and frankly, we don't, none of us have the access that we used to have where, you know, you go in the locker room and talk to guys and kind of get a sense of what's going on. So, you know, a lot of it is speculative, but the interception the other day kind of troubled me because, you know, exactly, you know, you seem to break off of a, a route uh, and Wentz was anticipating uh, uh, him to go one way and, you know, ha however it played out. But the idea that that play, that interception, that misplay happened with Zach Ertz is troublesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to think that it, the contract is there. I mean, he's healthy. Um, you know, he's – it shouldn't – he should be willing or should be able to take on a, a larger role. And whether it's con contractual uh, or just, you know, he's just having a bad year, uh, it's just the numbers – especially given the, the, what he takes up in the salary cap. And again, I, I hate harping on the salary cap, but when you're not getting 
uh, productivity out of the top end of your salary cap, it it's, leads to one, three, and one. Absolutely. Well, Ed, uh, you do a lot of work with the sports betting and, and that sort of thing. Uh, how's that all been going here with the NFL being a mash unit uh, across the league? Uh, games being rescheduled, all kinds of weird things going on here in 2020. How's that affecting the, the sports booking market? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, you would think that the, the, the uh, truncation of, uh, of college football would, have, would, would, would be problematic, but it's really not. Uh, as long as there's stuff to bet on, even in the midst of when sports was, you know, non-existent, when, when everybody was off before the NHL and the NBA got started, you know, there was, there was handle on Russian tennis. Uh, uh, Russian table tennis, I should say, uh, you know, the fourth Mexican league soccer, um, not obviously the handle wasn't what it is now, but, uh, in August, New Jersey just reported a, a, a the largest month it's ever had. Um, and that's a byproduct of having the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs and major league baseball. So what it is, is there is the market for sports betting is there. And as long as there is something to bet on, uh, that market will thrive. Now, you might not be able to bet, you know, as many college games on Saturday, but because there's some baseball and, you know, the NFL is now playing on Tuesdays, the handle, you know, they're not regularly playing on Tuesday, but, you know, the handle is going to be there as long as there's something, especially from the main sport, stream sports to bet on. All right. How about a little Phillies talk? It sounded like owner John Middleton might not be willing to choose a new general manager right away to replace Matt Clintock. It's also feeling more and more like, JT Real Muto is not going to be a Philly next year. How would that go over with the Phillies faithful? You know, I, I don't like it. I don't know what you you fellas think, but I don't like it's coming out of out of uh, out of the Phillies at this point. You know, it's all financial. You know, I, I can't pretend to know you know everything that goes on with the Phillies, but everything is financial. They're, you know, they're laying off employees. Uh, Jim Jackson was told he was you know his services aren't needed uh, because of the uncertainty of the financials. You know, how many, how many are they going to let fans in? You know, what's the TV, uh, uh, you know, aspect of it. And when you're a Phillies team that could have been a few blown saves away from at least getting to the playoffs, well, that that's troubling to me. I, you know, you know how this town is when, when teams pinch pennies, but this is an unprecedented time. And, you know, the bullpen has to be rebuilt, but they're going to let, it feels like I could just see JT Romuto being a Yankee next year, the way that Sanchez has kind of fallen off. Um, and the Yankees, you know, they think that they're a JT Romuto from the world series and they may be. Um, so you're going to, you're going to have, you know, Sanchez is not going to be in your organization. Romuto is not going to be in your organization. And, you know, every, every other, a few of the other teams in the division are going to pass you. Well, and, you know, there was an article that came out, I guess, within the last week or so about the Phillies supposedly losing $186 million. Uh, there were teams a lot worse, including the Yankees, that were like $430 million. Um, I, I, obviously, you have to make financial decisions when you're losing that much money, and uh, you don't know whether you're going to be able to play next year or not. But uh, certainly that would have, a, you would think, that would have a trickle-down effect throughout baseball where somebody's not going to be able to go and pay Real Muto $200 million if they're in the same bind the Phillies are. Yeah, I guess. But the Yankees can print money, if you ask me. I mean, uh, especially if they get, you know, the if it starts to get back to where you can get a bunch of fans in there. I mean, they'll, 
the, the, they could, could get good crowds there anyway and have their own network uh, where they don't have to share anything. So um, I, I just, I, I'm concerned that the, the, um, the ability to, where what the, what it'll look like when Ramuto is not with the Phillies next year. I, I think that's, I, I wonder what that does to Harper, you know, now Nola, I mean, are you, are you wasting the, the prime years of, of the guys, you know, of your core? And, and they, and if you ask me after Harper, I'm not sure what the outfield looks like. Hey, John Middleton did say one thing I agreed with at his October 3rd Zoom news conference. He said the franchise, the better part of the last hundred years really has not done a great job. Is that scouting? Is it just poor player development? What's the issue? They have a pretty weak farm system right now. Yeah, do you remember for years they were, they, they, they never got into the international market. Um, that was always a problem to them. And that was, that was fixed to some extent. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, they really don't develop and they certainly have had enough high draft picks um, mm-hmm. and have swung and missed on a lot of that. That that's to me is talent evaluation. I mean, I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but it's here and it's not going anywhere. And, and I think the idea of grabbing a, uh, a kid out, out of high school, you know, who you think can hit 35 home runs versus a college kid who, you know, can hit 25. You know, I think that there's 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 a there's a balance there, and the Phillies have have not helped themselves in the draft, and certainly haven't really developed many arms, uh, especially pitching. Uh, aside from Aaron Nola, as far as out my head, um, you know, somebody that you can count on since Cole Hamels. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of flip flopping a little bit, Ed, talking about the uh, the fans. Now, the Eagles are going to let seventy five hundred people in into the stadium this Sunday. I guess that's a start. Uh, it's going to be about five people per section down there at the stadium. I'm not sure how that exactly is going to work, but um, how important is it to the to these guys to have these fans in the stands, whether you're talking Eagles or in the Phillies, if it's not full houses, if it's limited fans like we're seeing in some places? Well, fellas, you've been in this town long enough. Um, you know, if Tyler Higby scoring three touchdowns on you in week two, I don't think the fans are going to be on your side. So I, I think that, that it could be a double-edged sword. If Lamar Jackson's running for 125 yards this Sunday, you know, they can expect to hear what, what they should expect to hear. I mean, cause they are still charging for you to be down there and they're not letting you tailgate and they're not, uh, the concessions are cashless and there's, there's going to be all sorts of restrictions and that's okay. I mean, that's where we are. Um, but I don't, I think the idea of them, getting an immediate shot in the arm uh, will only happen if they figure out how to move the ball and how to stop the other team from moving the ball down their throats. Ed, you've been talking uh, about the Flyers a lot lately. You've been covering them. The NHL draft was last week. Among the Flyers' selections were high-scoring winger Tyson Forster, offensive-minded defenseman Emil Andre, and a big forward, Zade Wisdom. I like that name. Uh, Any thoughts about any of these guys or the team's direction overall? Well, yeah, I think I think especially as it relates to Forster, um, they 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 need to develop a a kind of a big winger who is who they can count on to score some goals. Um, you know, they haven't gotten that out of uh, you know. I mean, Konechny is okay. Uh, you know, playoffs notwithstanding, they but they haven't gotten that that Leclerc. Uh, he's all team Hall of Famer, so that's a little ambitious. But they haven't gotten that guy that they can count on for 22, 25 even 30 goals uh, a season, at least drafted them, uh, you know, JVR perhaps. 
but a lot of times what they've done, and I like what they've done. Um, it feels like what they've done is they're building their team uh, from the outside, uh, from, from the back end forward. Um, you know, they have a goalie that it seems like they can rely on, hopefully for the next seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Um, they have a young defense core. They lost Matt Niskin, and that's going to be, that to me is the biggest hurdle um, this year, but they have other young defensemen, uh, both in the system and on the team. Um, and I think that that is the way to do it. And, you know, Forster and Wisdom and, you know, some of the forwards that they've gotten, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, I think that they're doing the right thing because they're building from the back end. It's harder to get a good defenseman than it is to get a good forward in the free agent market. If you can develop defensemen, it's almost – it's similar to developing pitching in baseball. Have you been able to see enough of wisdom or know enough about him? He comes with high accolades from Wayne Simmons that I guess Wayne is his mentor and says Philly's going to love him. Um, you, you're able to know enough about him to, to speak to him? No, I can't say that I do, uh, Bill. Just, you know, some of the stuff I read as it relates to, uh, to some of these prospects. Um, I know the Flyers, you know, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting draft year, frankly, because of all the restrictions. You know, a lot of the, the, these scouts haven't seen these kids play since February. a roll of the dice than ever, and I, I certainly haven't seen them play in person. And you mentioned the, the defense and how important that is. It was good to see them signing 28. That's going to be a help. Hey, one thing before you go, Ed, uh, I know you and your inquirer.com colleagues have been picking select NFL games against the spread this year. How are you doing with that? A few games under 500. Um, I was I down a little bit this weekend in Atlantic city. I donated, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know the sport. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so down a few games, I, I think I'm about six games back. EJ Smith is, uh, is, uh, is pacing us at about 58%, which is, which will keep food on the table, but that's hard. You know, anybody who asked me about what they should bet, um, the, the more popular the sport, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, the more information that is already out there that the bookies already know, the lines are going to be tighter. Uh, if, if you're looking to make money sports betting, and I don't think you can make money sports betting, frankly. I, it, bookies are just too good. But recreationally, if you're looking to make money sports betting, find something a little more obscure. You know, when the world is what it is and there's Mac football, that Western Michigan Bowling Green, you know, if you can kind of study something there and you might find an offline. But betting the NFL, the, the fellows are too sharp uh, to try to beat that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, well, hey, Ed, before we let you go, uh, can you let the viewers know how they can follow you on your sports betting plus your regular uh, inquire.com that you do and what other social media you have going yeah, on? For yeah, for sure. The, uh, the, 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 two, uh, the two easiest ways are inquire.com where, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by guys who are much better than me and, and, and terrific <laughs> writers. And it's, uh, it's the best website in the area. Uh, I'm on Twitter.com, uh, Twitter at Ed Barkwitz, uh, you know, where sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's not. All right. All right. Well, Ed, thanks for coming by. And uh, I get one final question, I guess, sure. on the way out. The Eagles going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they will. <laughs> I, I think they will because, I mean, it's them or Dallas to win that division. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, Ed, thanks for coming by. We enjoyed it. And uh, let's do it again. All right, boys. Be well. Thanks, All Ed. right. You too. All right. Hey, Chet, before we move on, there's something uh, really cool going on tomorrow with your dad, 96-year-old World War II veteran, Francis Chesco, tell us about it. 
Yeah, well, I didn't know you were going to ask me about it, but yeah, my dad, who's 96, was in World War II, still with us, of course, and he loves to go to these uh, Battle of the Bulge reunion thingies. He's done a lot of that over the years, and he couldn't do that this year, of course, because of COVID, but he's doing his first online event. It's an all-day thing through the uh, Battle of the Bulge people, and it's an all-day thing, 9 to 4, and he's going to be interviewed from 2 to 2.30 Eastern time tomorrow, and I talked to one of the organizers today. They got over 300 people who signed up to watch this so it's going to be a whole lot of fun and uh nobody can register anymore today for that but they are going to record it and i will post it after the fact so my dad talking about his memories of being over at the battle of the bulge in 1944 and 45 when he was a little 20 and 21 year old young man uh looking forward to it i did sign up i was a little after the deadline but uh it said i was registered Good. So I'm hoping I'm hope I don't have the email link yet uh, or the link through the email yet. So I'm hoping that comes through. I'm definitely planning on listening to it. Kind of excited to to get to see your dad get a minute in the spotlight. Uh, certainly well deserved. Yeah, he's excited about it. I'll be up there with him. I took the day off from work, so I'll be driving there early tomorrow morning, hanging out with my dad again for the second time in a week, and uh, it's going to be fun. So is that that's going to be a Zoom right out of his house. He's going to be you're going to be there with him. And yeah, my uh, sister's house. She's a block away from him, and because she has you know the internet and Wi-Fi, he doesn't have that in his, at his house because he doesn't need it. So we'll right. be at my sister's house and uh, set up on the computer. We tested it out last Saturday. Everything's good to go. So uh, a lot of World War II and Battle of the Bulge talk from my dad and some others. Okay, one one final thing on that. Um, is there a chance or do you know for sure it's closed or can you give an address where people can still go and try to register or is it, is it definitely closed? I think it's definitely closed by now, but uh, I will post a reminder tomorrow morning about it for the people who did sign up. And I will also mention that they are recording it and it'll be posted next week, but I'm going to do my own little recording of my dad's section from two to two thirty Eastern tomorrow. And I will post that hopefully tomorrow night or Friday morning. Okay, and here's your final challenge on this topic. Uh, we need a brief summary snippets on next week's show of Mr. Chesko's interview. Oh, okay. I can handle that. There you go. Much deserved and uh, could, couldn't ask for a better thing to talk about for sure. All right. All right. With that, uh, let's take a look at our insurance in the tri-state area. We got the spot for you, Chet. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That number is 610-430-0700. Again, it's 610-430-0700. And Bill, one of the highlights of the past week was getting some brand new music from one of my favorite bands. As I said to a friend on Facebook about it, the new song, Shot in the Dark by ACDC, sounds like about two dozen other ACDC songs. And that's just fine with me. Here's a sample. I love ACDC, Bill. It sounds just doesn't sound any different than anything else. <laughs> that's okay. You know what you're getting with those guys. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, 
is our man Freddie here? Are we we letting him in, or are we waiting on him? Uh, I don't see him just yet, so uh, we'll wait. We'll talk about something else. All right. Well, one thing we do want to talk about when we get Fred on, and uh, we'll go ahead and lead into this: LeBron James and the NBA champion Lakers. That's uh, you, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that, but uh, Chet, you win three championships with three different teams. It's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, LeBron and uh, the Lakers winning the title. I know you didn't watch it, Bill. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of hate for LeBron. I don't. He's not my favorite player either. Kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, saying, you know, maybe now I'll get some respect or whatever. Hey, you got five titles. People respect you. Relax. Congrats to the Lakers. They did in two years what the Sixers have been trying to do for the last six years through the process. So congrats to the Lakers. Yeah, well, you know, and before before all the chaos, uh, you know, I liked LeBron, the player. I thought he played hard uh, every time I ever saw him play. Uh, bit of a bit of a crybaby kind of guy at times, you know, a lot of flopping and other things and uh, and all that. But the guy can flat out play. Oh, yeah, he can. He, I mean, he's certainly one of the greatest five players of all time. You hear the debate all the time. Is he better than Michael? Is he right up there with Michael? For me, Jordan is still ahead of him. He's got the six titles. And I think he was a little more clutch even than LeBron. But uh, I know you think Wilt is still above both of those guys, and he's certainly right there in the conversation as well. Who knows? Yeah, well, you know, it, it was interesting, uh, uh, and I didn't uh, – I, I meant to print this out, and I hate to say I forgot it. A lot, lot of things going on in my world right at the moment. Uh, but there were a lot of – there was somebody put a list together of probably about 10 things that, that people want to forget about Michael Jordan and it, or have forgotten. And it's, it's all these times where he didn't win. Um, you know, it, it happens. It, it, they don't win them all. Nobody wins them. No, all. I mean, even Bill Russell didn't win every single year. What did he win? Like twelve? But you know, I... <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That was a different hey, era. Let's jump over while we're waiting on Fred. We'll come back and, and talk about that in a minute. But uh, college football in the Big Ten getting ready to start. Just not this weekend. Next weekend, and here we have the Southeast Conference with two cancellations this week due to COVID. That's uh, that's not good. Going to make things interesting. If it's not interesting enough that you're starting your season on the uh, 24th of 25th of October. And did you hear the news shortly before we went on the air that Nick Saban has tested positive? I did not. Yes. Nick Saban. And I think the AD there also have both tested positive. So I don't know, you know, what they're doing about that situation for this weekend, but yeah, it's, it's a, a scary situation, and uh, like pro football, college football is going to have some hurdles to get through this year. Uh, but you mentioned the Big Ten, Penn State and the Big Ten, now just a week and three days away from kicking off their season. And, you know, it's funny, Bill, that both Penn State and Ohio State are in the top ten. Wisconsin and Michigan are in the second ten, even though none of those teams has played a game yet. So <laughs> it's got to be an interesting Big Ten season for sure with only conference games on the schedule. And Penn State and Ohio State, by the way, in week two on Halloween, I know you're going to be watching as soon as you get done trick-or-treating that day. Well, I, I will be watching. And I actually spent uh, my first Saturday actually really watching a lot of college football. I did watch it this week. Uh, it's really different without the fans, but uh, there were some good games. And that, that Oklahoma-Texas, which is one of my favorite, the Red River rivalry I watch every year, one of my favorite games on my bucket list at 10, actually. Uh, that was a classic in four overtimes. 
Yeah, I, I didn't really get to see it, unfortunately, but uh, I, I know you love your college football, so you were probably in your glory. I do, I do. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting. You talk about the Big Ten, it's going to be really interesting come bowl season. Um, what bowls are they going to have, even? And uh, how are they going to pick teams? You know, you can't have conference affiliates, I don't think, when conferences are playing. So I don't know how they're going to figure that all out. And you take a team that's played whatever Penn State's going to end up getting, eight games. Uh, you, you win four games. You know, the, you're supposed to win six in a regular season. Do you just have to win four, go four and four to get a bowl? Uh, don't know how that's all going to work. Well, I got to think they're going to have fewer bowl games this year, but they'll still have all the big ones, of course, and a few of the secondary ones. But, uh, yeah, teams that are going to go, you know, four and four are not going to be a, a bowl team. Five and three might be pushing it. But anybody who goes six and two or seven and one are, you know, certainly going to be in the bowl picture. And hopefully Penn State's one of those teams with seven or, you know, even eight wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of Nick Saban, you know, they, they're scheduled to play Georgia uh, Saturday and what should be a really good game. Georgia's got a real nice team. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, I think Clemson put on a show on Saturday night uh, against the Miami team that they just annihilated. So Clemson is still the, uh, the cream of the crop, I think, but that Georgia Alabama game is one I was certainly looking forward to on Saturday night. Yeah, no, I haven't heard the status of that one. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Uh, well, Bill, you know what? Let's move ahead and talk about something that I was going to actually say for my parting shot era. Uh, that's the fact that we lost a couple of more great baseball hall of famers over the past week, Whitey Ford and Joe Morgan. Um, this has been a horrible year for, you know, sports deaths. And this is what six baseball hall of famers now that we've lost this year, in addition to several, uh, you know, lesser known players from the Phillies in particular. So man, it's been a tough year for baseball. Well, I tell you what, Chad, I did a little research just for curiosity's sake. Uh, I knew that Tommy Lasorda is the oldest living Hall of Famer. He's in, he's in his 90s. He's the only one in his 90s. Uh, Willie Mays is next at 89. Uh, there are 18 Hall of Famers, not including the ones that have just passed, 18 living Hall of Famers that are 80 and above. Wow. So, you know. Take that, take that for what it is. Now, some of those are like Pat Gillick, uh, John Sherholtz, the, um, uh, those kind of guys. Uh, but some guys like Mays and Aaron are in that group too. Uh, 18 guys over the age of 80. And then you have guys like Jim Cott and my favorite Dick Allen, who are, you know, knocking on the door and hoping to get into the hall of fame and they're getting up there in years. 78, I think is what Dick Allen is. And then they go and, you know, push it back from this December to next December. And that's just a shame for guys who are getting up there in age. And boy, I sure hope Dick Allen gets in before we lose him. Isn't, isn't Mike Schmidt uh, kind of leading the pack to try to get that um, decision overturned to, uh, to actually hold the just for this reason to actually hold the um the voting in december as scheduled and do it virtually why yeah. not everything else in the world's virtual exactly now. i mean they said they have rules where you have to be in person well this is a different year and everybody has changed their rules because of the pandemic and you know the baseball hall of fame people can do the same thing uh especially under these circumstances when you're talking about guys who are in their late 70s and 80s so get it done yeah mike schmidt's involved with it and of course our buddy frog mark carfagno so get it done let's get these guys who deserve to be in the hall in there well you know the only reason that they could not want it to be 
a Zoom meeting in public, it's because of what goes on behind those closed doors, <laughs> you know. But, you know, they why couldn't they just Zoom it among them and, you know, keep it closed till the time comes? Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. But, you well, know, I was fooling around with some of the, the names. And Joe Morgan, who I mentioned, I want to get your opinion. Is he the best second baseman of our lifetime? It's got to be him, Rod Carew, and Roberto Alomar, maybe? I, I would say because Carew actually changed positions and played a lot of first base. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Joe Morgan or, or um, Robbie Roberto Alomar yeah. are the guys that I would put. Uh, Ryan Sandberg was pretty darn good, too, but a different, yeah. different type of player um Sandberg was but and he certainly belongs in the conversation but I I would say that uh Morgan and Alomar are definitely at the top and great great quote today or or statement from Pete Rose about Joe Morgan uh lost basically his best friend hmm. um said nothing but good things about Joe and his leadership ability you know said without Joe uh the big red machine isn't the big red machine so good good words coming from Pete yeah, I didn't. I mean, I hadn't heard about Joe Morgan being sick or anything, so that came out of the blue for me. Uh, may he rest in peace. And I had Sandberg fourth on my list, by the way. And regarding Whitey Ford, you know, still today, almost 60 years later, he's the Yankees' winningest pitcher with 236 wins. And I was looking at the list of their top 10, there were just four other guys in that second through 10th spot who pitched within the last 60 years. All the others are old timers. Can you name any of those other three or four other pitchers, Bill? What's it? 236. 236 was what Whitey Ford had. The other guys go down to 134 wins. So one of them just retired recently. Others were in the uh, 70s and 80s, I guess. How about Mike Mucina? Nope. Not enough time with the Yankees. Okay. How about Ron Guidry? Ron Guidry was fifth on the list, 170. Early 2000s. I'm you got a left-hander who was there a lot in the uh, 2000s. A left-hander in the 2000s. I should know this. You clear should. As, clear as day, shouldn't I? Third on the list. Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm going to be mad. Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit. I hate Andy Pettit. 219. And That's probably why I didn't know. Because tenth I on the Andy list, the guy who just retired recently, C.C. Sabathia. Really? Yeah. 134. Yeah, he played his last 11 years with the Yankees. Can you believe that? Mel Stottlemyer also in there. All right. Let's get our Freddie Burns in there now, shall we? All right. Where's Fred? Fred's going to come into our room now and there uh, he is. dazzle Fred, us. Appreciate you uh, fighting through a little technical difficulties on our end. All right. I'm good now. Can you hear me? All right. We hear All you. Right. And I'll take the blame, Fred. I forgot to include you on the second email because we had to... <laughs> rejigger things so thanks for joining us <laughs> all, all right well hey fred welcome Let, we're going to jump right back in uh we were talking briefly about the lakers uh taking care of their business and lebron james wins his championship with the third team the nba did a pretty nice job getting through the whole bubble season that, that actually worked out pretty good for them as it did the nhl what do you, what do you think fred chet gave me his uh lebron opinion what do you think about him uh winning his third or third different team I, I mean, every team he goes to, it, it, he makes them better. He's, he's one of the greatest – I mean, you could argue the greatest player ever to play the game. When he leaves the team, they fall completely to the ground and out of the running. So, he does have a legacy with them. But I can't get my head around the whole joining the super team. I just can't 
I just, I'm not wired that way. I, I'm more like Jimmy Butler. Like, let me go win it with a bunch of guys that want a ball, you know, and maybe you have a star or a player with you, but it's just, or maybe one the first time. Okay. I can understand that with Wade and Bosch and you won your title, but then like to just jump around from team to team and go super team join, go back to Cleveland to save Cleveland when Kyrie's there and then go get Kevin Love. It's like, come on, man. But he's still arguably the greatest player ever to play the game. If you just watch him on the floor. Arguably. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know. Uh, I agree with you, but I don't know that you can uh, blame him for the way the NBA is set up because that's how they're doing it. Everybody's stocking these teams and heck he, he started in Philly. Yeah, he did start it. <laughs> but he start he started it, Bill. <laughs> he's he's the one that started it with Miami. Then he got beat by Dallas, and then other teams tried to match it. But the only team that's been able to stand up to him has been Golden State, and they did that the way the Sixers did it. They tanked and tanked, got players, and then they brought KD on to add to it. But they were already winning without. So it, yeah, they were they were a little better at the talent talent evaluation part of it than the Sixers. However, hey, speaking of legacy, Fred, uh, as we all know, Andre Iguodala just retired this week after a pretty long and reasonably successful career. Made a lot of stops, uh, had some nice accolades. He got a pretty good resume. Did Sixers fans give Andre Iguodala a fair shake? Because I think a lot of people bash him just because he wasn't, you know, like the other AI or you know that quality. I don't think he gets a fair shake here just because he wasn't that. Um, and he was also cast in the wrong role. Like the Sixers organization had him as a one and he's definitely not a one. You could see that he's a three, four, you know, five sometimes or a guy off the bench. That's going to play good defense, maybe make a big shot, very athletic. So yeah, I think he caught a bad rap, but it's also him too. He embraced that one role. He had the attitude as if he was better than everyone. And he was on the echelon of a star player. When really he wasn't. If you see his stats after he left the Sixers, he's well under 10 points a game. And he got hot in the finals and, and really got that finals MVP, which all the credit in the world to him. He's just a great role player. And, and that's that's how he should be remembered, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, and I think what, I think when it's all said and done, he, he had a great career. I, I would yes. call it a great – what, 16 years, I believe, he ended up in the league. Um, very successful – he wasn't Allen Iverson, as we know, but he had a great career. He won the MVP. He won some championships. He made a lot of money. Uh, he, he had a great career when it was all said and done. Yeah, outstanding career. Yep. Hey, let's give a take a break real quick. Give a shout out to our partners over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check them out. They have the Broad Street Bully podcast. There's Drew, Jeff, and Doyle. They're talking Flyers hockey with amazing guests, hilarious banner, or fun to fun to listen to. There's a bird's IQ every Monday night at 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn. They talk Eagles football. Uh, Lats Philly, Kevin and Gary have that going on, talking lacrosse from Philly. That's really cool. And then, of course, Fred, the Edge of Philly Sports Live with you and Joe and Big Al cover all four sports um, and more. Every Wednesday night at 9 30 uh, Eastern Time, which I know we appreciate that. Uh, you can check out all the shows at eopsports.com. Help it out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and share with your family and friends. Uh, we're part of that network. We're excited about that. It's got a lot going on over at EOP Sports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
I was about to say, don't forget the great Philly press box in that tab on the website. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for the talk, plug. We're talking about us, so we uh, we 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 know that. Hey guys, <laughs> I got some music. I got some music for you. There you go, uh, Fred. Andy Dalton, I guess, is a hot commodity this week. What is going on in, as the mash NFL continues? Yeah, I, I agree. Andy Dalton's a guy you got to grab with all those weapons. That going down, that's, a, that's an injury. You, you have to jump on that waiver wire-wise. Two other quarterbacks that are lingering on the, on the waiver wire. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who had a, a nice game uh, last week. He's had consistent 25-plus point weeks. And then Justin Herbert, man, he's looking like the real deal. Um, he's got a nice arm. I know he's a rookie. He's been putting up numbers week after week. It, it's time to grab him, too, at, at the quarterback spot. Well, Fred, I guess a lot of Eagles fans are wondering, do we take a flyer on a Travis Fulgham? He had that great game. He won the previous game with a, a nice catch for a touchdown. Uh, or, or are we still a little too soon to get on a Travis Fulgham bus? <laughs> oh, you got to get on the bus now because if he, if he has another big game, you're, you're going to lose your chance. So he's tall. He looks like he'll go up and get the ball. Wentz has been more complimentary of him than I've heard him be complimentary of other receivers, as yeah. far as, which was, which was eye-opening to me because typically he keeps it even keel. He compliments everyone. but So Fulgham's definitely a receiver to jump on. But on that other side of the ball, Chase Claypool's another guy that you might want to pick up as well. He had a nice outing, and, and I liked him before. He, he's a rookie, so it's going to take time for develop. What are we, week four or five? So you're going to start to see that grow with, with Roethlisberger. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny that I, I thought after, you know, reading about the game that we were talking about Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. <laughs> you know, uh, it's all of a sudden we got two saviors, one in Philadelphia and one in Pittsburgh. We got these two wide receivers named Rice and Moss now. Well, statistically – Travis Fogel in two games I has done it. better than Randy Moss. I saw yeah. that. <laughs> but, I saw that too. But you're right, Bill. Uh, it's it's a total overreaction. Um, but he could be a good receiver, you know. Yeah. Right, right. All right. Any uh, any sleepers that you got to go after besides what you mentioned uh, from from just the injury standpoint? Or who's the one guy to go get besides what we talked about? I would go get Alexander Madison from the Minnesota Vikings. He came in for Dalvin cook. He's proven when he comes in, he can handle the load cooks hurt again. He's questionable. He may not play till week eight. He's definitely a guy I would go out and get also Le'Veon bell has just been released by the, the jets. They have Frank Gore there, but he, he's old. I can't see him holding the load. LaMichael P Ryan out of Florida. He's a good back. I liked him to be picked in the draft. I think he's going to get some carries, and he may be a surprise down the stretch here. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's get to our NFC games, East games, uh, or least, as Chet likes to say these days. Uh, threw in a wild card game for you, so let's start out with that one. Green Bay minus two at Tampa Bay. That's going to be our first one. Washington at the Giants. Giants are 0-5, but they're minus three in this game. Monday Night Football, Arizona at Dallas. The Cardinals are favored by two and a half and the Eagles host those red hot Ravens at the link Ravens minus eight. So Fred, let's back up green Bay minus two at Tampa Bay. Who you like? I like green Bay. I Devonte Adams is supposed to play. I really like green Bay this year. I don't think the bucks are as good as they're supposed to be. They'll get in the playoffs, but I'm going green Bay. 
Yeah, I'm going Green Bay as well. Aaron Rodgers uh, looking good. And uh, I just don't have the confidence in Tampa Bay yet uh, that they're going to put it all together right away. So my bay is green, not Tampa. All right. <laughs> Washington at the Giants. What a stinker game. This is Giants 0-5, minus three. Who you like? Ah, what a stinker game is right. The Giants moved the ball on Dallas, which was very surprising. Um, well, not really because of how bad Dallas's day is. I'm just going to go with the favorite here. Um, I think they're more established. Daniel Jones has been in the league a year now. He'll he'll have a better game. It'll be close, but Giants. Wait, we're picking Washington and the Giants, you said? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, I was looking at the Arizona-Dallas game, but okay. Yeah, uh, I'm also taking the home team, the Giants. Um, they're due to win. Washington's not that good. It was great to see Alex Smith back on the field this past week, but Giants win this one. Absolutely. Okay. Monday night football, Arizona, Dallas Cardinals minus two and a half on the road. Oh, this is a tough one. Dallas defense stinks though. And it's going to be tough to stop Deandre Hopkins, Kyler Mary and that offense. Andy Dalton's going to put up some points. I'd bet the over if I was a betting guy, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I also took the Cardinals, uh, a, because I don't want to see the Cowboys win because I want the Eagles to win the division at six, nine, and one. <laughs> <laughs> Zona wins. All right. Okay. Eagles, Red Hot Ravens, and Lamar Jackson coming to town. The Ravens minus eight, a lot of points. Yeah, I, I, there's absolutely no sh- – I, I can't see a, a way the, the Eagles win barring someone gets injured on the Ravens. Um, defensively, we're getting pressure on the quarterback – but I just think the Ravens are too good for us. I'm going Ravens. Before I uh, give you my pick, I should mention that I picked up a game on you last week, Fred, because you did pick the Eagles to beat the Steelers. I did not. I went three and one. You were two and two, but you still are in first place at 16 and five. I'm two games back at 14 and seven. And that's not going to change this week because I too am taking the Ravens. I have Baltimore winning 31 17. I was going to get to the standings just so you could could pick up that game and give yourself a little shout out, but I should have known you'd give your own shout out. <laughs> I was waiting too. I'm like, Chet didn't give himself a shout out yet. <laughs> All right. Hey, Chet, uh, Fred, we're going to have to cut this thing short tonight, but before we let the, let you go, let the viewers know where they can follow you, what you got going on. And uh, of course your show tonight at nine 30. Yeah, search me on Facebook, Freddie Burns, and just search Edge of Philly Sports Network, and you can see us live on there tonight at 930. All right, my man. Appreciate you coming by, and uh, sorry for the confusion. Ah, no problem. See you guys. All Thanks, right. Fred. Hey, Chet, tell us what's going on over there at that Irish Rover Station House this week. Uh, yeah, all is well at the Rover, the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, Bucks County. They are still offering outdoor patio seating as the weather permits, but they also do have that indoor seating as well with socially distant tables, of course, and in line with the state's limit regarding capacity. One thing that hasn't changed, they still have a great menu and a nice big slate of beers available. And while you do need to order food, again, you can fulfill that 
requirement with something as simple as a dollar hot dog. They are open daily, and I highly recommend both their, excuse me, both their burgers and their wings. Oh, the Rover, I should mention, is also nominated in four different categories this year, again, for the Best of Bucks Awards through the Bucks County Courier Times. So get your votes in for the Rover by this Sunday. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, and you can check them out on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And hey, Bill, one half of this duo celebrated birthday number 85 the other day. I'm talking about Sam and Dave, and I'm talking about Sam Moore. Who knew? Who knew? And, and knew. do you have do you have a birthday shout out for Dave the Hammer Schultz and Brian Dawkins this week? No, but uh, Schultz just turned seventy one. Brian Dawkins forty seven, and you know who else is having a birthday? Joe Girardi fifty six today. Today, today, yes, absolutely. All right, hey Chet, let's give another quick shout out to our friends over at the PPCC one eighteen Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on our Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to have, afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. Continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razzes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop as well. Check out their Facebook page. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Razroom Shop, both on Facebook. All right. Hey, Chet, great guest again tonight at Inquired.com's Ed Barkwitz, Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns. Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Bill, you're going to like this one. I'm excited about it. I know you, you will be as well. He is a first-time guest for us. He's also a former NFL defensive tackle, played with both the Cowboys and the Redskins. Yes, they were the Redskins at that time, so I can say that. He was also a member of that undefeated 1994 Nittany Lions football team. Oh, I know team. who it is. His name is, is Brandon Noble. I and know Brandon, who it is. Yeah, Brandon Noble is going to be here, and he's going to help us preview the Penn State 2020 season and talk about some other football matters as well. He's actually the defensive coordinator right now over at Downingtown East High School. He also does some TV and radio work. So uh, it's going to be good to have Brandon joining us for the very first time. Yes, he is. And uh, we actually have an opportunity to meet Brandon between now and then, Chris and I do, uh, because he is good friends with our friend, Keith Conlon, the goon. Yes. I knew that much, but uh, good, good. Looking forward to that. Brandon's a good man, and uh, he knows his football. Any, anybody that's in the trench, you got to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, two years ago when we were doing our show at Wildfire for the summer, I actually did a show with him and John Crichton and those other guys on their Monday night show, and uh, Brandon said, hey, if you ever need anything, ring me up. So I, I kept his business card. Usually you throw business cards away, you know, don't tell anybody, but I kept his thinking, Hey, maybe he could be a guest on our show one of these days. So now with Penn state starting up and I know our pal, Steve Jones is usually very busy this time of year. I said, I'm going to see if Brandon can help us out. And thank God he said, yes. Awesome. Good deal. Looking forward to that. You know, I like that. All right, Jet, uh, Philly press box radio website up and running. Uh, watch our podcasts our Vimeos, some current sports articles, other articles. Our YouTube channel is up and going good. Uh, tell us about it. 
Yeah. Um, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. As you said, video versions of our shows are there since the spring. We've been doing every single one on there. We sometimes break it into segments also. Like last week, we had Tim Kelly on. So we broke out the, the Tim Kelly interview, put that up there separately. Tim was great. We got a lot of good feedback to that. Just go to Philly Press Box Radio on YouTube and uh, save it. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe, hit subscribe. There's no fee, no charge or anything. And whenever we put something new up there, you'll get a little notification. So Bill, by the way, you and I are wearing the same t-shirt tonight, which was not planned. That's the second time recently that has happened. If you want to buy one of these fabulous t-shirts, they come in different sizes, different colors. Uh, go to, our, I have the little tickle in my throat tonight. Go to our website and you can find out all the details about these t-shirts, 10 bucks plus shipping, and we will get it out to you. Yep, absolutely. Um, you gave some of your parting shot uh, on baseball. Do you have anything more? Yeah, just more on that. Um, the fact that we lost two more Hall of Famers over the past week is just you know, hard to believe and unfortunate. Whitey Ford, who pitched a long time with those many great Yankees teams of the 50s and 60s, and as we said, remains the winningest pitcher on the Yankees in the Yankees franchise. And then the great Joe Morgan from the old Big Red Machine of the 1970s. And of course, a Phillies wheeze kid in 1983. Two of the best right there, Bill. And as we said, that makes six baseball Hall of Famers that we've lost this year. The other ones, Al Kaline, Lou Brock, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson. And then we also, of course, lost a lot of popular Phillies players this year, like Tony Taylor, Ramona Vilas, Irish Mike Ryan, Jay Johnstone, and most recently, Kim Batiste from that 1993 team. So it has been a rough year for baseball players. And, you know, every year at the end of the year, I do that kind of retrospective on who we lost. I already have like a full page worth. So I'm going to need like 15 minutes on that show. Better, better start now. Uh, well, and I will tell you, I don't know what all you can see in the background there, but uh, you know, there's a Tug McGraw up there and then there's a Steve Carlton. And right next to that, I should have put it in the view today is Joe Morgan. Ah, the Rose Morgan Perez Sports Illustrated. So Joe is on the wall here at the press box. Yeah, Joe was great to watch. He had that little, little elbow thing going when he batted. And mm. by all accounts, a good guy. I liked him as a broadcaster, too. So rest in peace, Joe Morgan and Whitey Ford. Hey, one other shout-out, Bill, before we go. Uh, I can't believe somebody actually said yes to him. But our buddy Mark Eckel got married over the weekend Mar second marriage for mark he married his uh longtime lady friend tammy so congrats to mark and tammy absolutely mark congratulations i was surprised when i saw those pictures pop up on facebook i guess that was to people like us Chet. that was a secret but uh congrats yeah. to mark uh he's set up in myrtle beach and now he's uh lined up officially yes indeed well bill i need you to wrap it up because I know you want to go see the Billboard Music Awards on your television that starts in a couple of minutes. So wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Ed Barkowitz and Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LakeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, Dave LaVoy Allstate Insurance in Westchester, and EOP Sports Network, and Chris Furman on the controls tonight. For Jim Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, October 21st at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. So high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Birds. 
and I forgot to load it into the machine. So E A G L E S Eagles. 